Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Southeast Radio. Now, whilst the majority of companies currently have their teams working remotely, the challenges associated with managing those teams have not left the workplace. One lady with a lot of experience in this particular area is Vanessa Tierney from Gori-based Abodu. Vanessa, when you last joined me on Business Matters three years ago, Abodu was very much in its infancy. But how has the business developed and evolved since then? Thank you so much, Carl. Great to be back. Well, if I remember right, we we were just launching um, and we, we had uh, decided to launch out of the Hatch Lab in Gori. Um, and uh, it went very well. So we launched Abodu uh, as a matching platform, so connecting companies with people that wanted to work remotely, either some or all of the time. Um, and in our first year or two of, of going live, we had thousands of people registered their skills, um, hundreds of companies on board, um, and we also did a collaboration with Vodafone Ireland about educating companies on the advantages and potential of I think the term we, we like to use was smart working, so not just honing in on remote, but every type of working model. Um, and, you know, since then, from a, a matching perspective, we've seen people register across 62 countries. We're still pretty very much an Irish uh, organisation, but uh, we have a global reach. And, of course, one of the latest breakthroughs that the company has announced is that now the service is free to everybody, companies and job seekers alike. This, this was something that was in our long-term vision. Um, and But, you know, the result of COVID fast-tracked everything. You know, really, um, the fact that we were all given 24 hours notice, companies were sort of forced into trialling remote work. And the proof has been in the pudding. And now that we've advanced to 10 years in terms of mindset shift, we now know that by opening up our platform to businesses to connect with people, it's the right thing to do. And what we're most interested in is actually encouraging people to create skills profiles in Abodu. Um, they are anonymous. They're in control of what company organization sees who they are. Um, but what that means is that skilled data is really powerful. And more than ever, local governments, inward investment agencies need a better accuracy um, and understanding of skills in a region not just to uh, reboot local economies, but also to attract inward investment agencies and inward investment companies. And of course, as companies and employees were very much thrust into the unknown waters of remote working back in March, what were the initial challenges that they faced? Oh, well, I, I think, you know, starting really around that the, the technology and the connectivity was, you know, usually before then, it, the trust was the biggest factor, but there was no time to think about the soft skills or the emotive side. This was purely a technical enablement, and many had to roll it out without policy in place, without protection in place. The BYOD, bring your own advice, device, people had to use their own devices, but we all just did what we could. Now that we've realised that we're in this for the medium to long term and whether, you know, post-pandemic offices reopen, employers are now really reconsidering their options. And, you know, the reality is a national survey has just been done and 70% plus people are saying actually they want this level of flexibility to continue. So really um, companies now are actually starting to think for the long term and invest for smart working models for the future, which is, which is a promising thing for regional areas. And Vanessa, in relation to the long-term plan from here in a post-COVID environment, are we going to see more of a hybrid model where people are going to work two or three days at home and two or three days in the office each week? Ah, look, absolutely, because if 
someone is commuting every day from Wexford to Dublin, for example, you're looking at um, an average daily commute of, of two hours, 10 hours over a week. That's more than a working day every single week that you're sitting in your car. And it doesn't matter what age you are or what circumstances you are, whether it's you want more time with the family for your fitness or just to have fun. You know, the reality is people want the engagement. They do want to be in the office perhaps one or two days a week, but that can be achieved in a local digital hub or a co-working space. Um, and, you know, a monthly meet up in the Dublin office. There's going to be a huge shift. And then the second thing is people are really going to start rethinking where they live. 23% of people surveyed um, in this recent survey done by NUI Galway are saying that they're reconsidering where they're going to live. 7% of people have already moved. And that's the reality. That was the experience for my husband and I. We, we realised after two, three years of remote working, actually, let's move to Wexford. Vanessa, on that particular point, how can County Wexford maximise its potential as a result of this? Well, I'm very excited about what we're going to be able to achieve for Wexford. You know, being our home turf, we did an exercise a year and a half ago of mapping the skilled talent. And that through, you know, the great data that we're collecting on the Obodu platform, we anonymise it and produce these maps showing where the skills are, the clusters, the earnings. And IDA actually successfully used that to land an international company into North Wexford from the software industry. Now we're looking to extend that. And so we're encouraging people that both live in Wexford now who want to move back to Wexford or who are thinking, actually, I've never lived in Wexford. This is where I want to go to register uh, their skills profile on a Bodu. There's no charge. That data is going to be fed into a talent heat map but we have a new solution for government, and it's very dynamic. And what that will mean is we'll start competing as a county, not just for jobs nationally, but internationally. Because when you think about remote work, it's a game changer. Companies don't have to land here physically to hire here. And Vanessa, as companies are now starting to regularise remote working within their own organisations, what obligations do they need to comply with? Well, you know, it's a tough ask to put more on employers in this current uh, climate. But, you know, the risk assessment is, you know, really one that you need to have a conversation with your insurance company with. And if you have people advising you, whether it's your local chamber, SFA or IBEC around HR policies, it's very important to have policy in place, even if it's a few pages, you know, outlining what's expected uh, whether the home is an extension of the office place and therefore what insurance covers there are, and just the expectation in terms of how the person is even working. Like a lot of people are talking about strain in their backs and necks because they're on laptops at kitchen tables. Mental health is a concern as well for people, you know, to be able to ask for time out. But I think it's the adjustment in the management structure for people because, you know, I've worked in an office in Dublin and I know what it's like. Presenteeism is key. If someone's late, it's like, well, why are you late? Are you t- taking this job seriously? Now, this new generation, this new world, results are all about, the, res- the result is what you manage, no longer presenteeism. And you have to trust people. That's it. You just have to trust them. And of course, with no co-workers in your living room, socialising with your peers can be a challenge and make remote working pretty lonely. What advice have you got both for businesses and for remote working employees in that respect? Okay, well, I have the answer and it's groundbreaking. So I've been remote for 10 years and I'm very excited to talk about our new partner called Yonder Desk. Um, Yonder Desk are a virtual real estate. So imagine taking your shop or your office and bringing it online and replicating your lobby, 
having a virtual assistant, if you have five offices in your accountancy firm, if you have two storerooms in your shop, this all goes online. And now people can literally drop in and meet with you and it's all branded. But from a connectivity perspective, it is just so disruptive because it doesn't matter if you're on Slack, Teams, whatever tool you use to connect with everybody, everyone gets their own office. Even you have your breakout room, your coffee station. And it sounds like it's a movie, another world, but it's not. It is actually brilliant for connecting with people. And since we've implemented Yonder Desk uh, only in the last two months, the um, level of connection and less isolation among the team has been so much better. Nothing will replicate what we have when we're face-to-face, but this is definitely the hybrid because I have to say I'm so tired of video links (laughs) and Zoom links (laughs) and team links. This for me has just been, it requires no links and doesn't matter what you're using, it can be embedded into this solution. And the world of B2B selling has literally been turned upside down by COVID-19 and of course the travel restrictions that have been in place. So what would you say to those businesses that are now trying to adapt to selling through video calls? Well, I I think it's extremely challenging. Like so much is is done face-to-face in, you know, behaviours and uh, body language This can be done to an extent online, but I think actually emotional intelligence plays to an even stronger case. And I think people need to feel uh, that it's not just a video meeting where you're presenting at them. More than ever, we have to not just question people's um, fears about the future and their business, uh, but also take into consideration where they're dialing in from. They may have just had World War III with their kids or it could be a really noisy environment. And I think considerate business sales professionals are doing really well in this current climate. But it goes back to this idea of like forcing meetings at forced times. It can be very challenging because you don't know what's happening for someone at home right now. Whereas having a situation where they can just pop in and meet you when suits if you leave yourself open 10 till 12 every day, that brings it back to that sort of organic let's meet in a coffee shop or a hotel lobby feeling. Um, So that would be my advice. My recommendation is try and bring it to as casual level as possible um, because people are at home. And Vanessa, I know that many businesses are struggling with measuring productivity with a remote workforce. What's the solution to that? It's a very, very hard one to answer because it depends what industry you're in, who you're selling to, whether there's a budget availability. And I think for leaders, it's really to understand and do the right research and see what is Um, possible right now Uh, I know that we have taken the pressure off um, closing sales cycle time because we're now selling to government our platform is free obviously for businesses government lead time is usually nine to twelve months so for us our focus is on making sure our pipelines are very very big but for other businesses like if it's a lower transaction like yonder desk we have a fast sales cycle so it's just ensuring that we're talking to enough people every day that they're aware of that exists Um, But it's always about measuring results. And if people aren't getting results, it's very unlikely it's down to um, them not working hard. They just probably require more skills. Don't assume they can sell remotely because going from office to remote, it's tough. It took me a good two, three years to adjust to it, being honest. Um, And then look at yourself as a leader because you too have to acquire new skills. Um, But it can be done really effectively. And in time, post-pandemic, we'll look back at this and think, oh, my God, this was the shift that business needed to become more sustainable. And, of course, the physical office was always a great passive learning environment, especially for new and junior staff. How can that be continued in a remote working environment? 
it's funny because there's a lot of universities struggling with this point as well. Um, you know, how do you bring in first-year students and make them have that feeling of connecting with others and having a fresher's week and making sure that they're learning and then being able to connect for opportunities post-university? I think they have a huge challenge. Um, but I think onboarding needs to be really thought through. Uh, HR people that have worked in human resources at times have had it really hard in the last few years. They're not always included at the C-level conversation. Um, and they're sort of seen as maybe admin recruitment. Actually, now HR has such an important role to play. And in a way, if they can get the skills um, and, and they, people can invest training into them, they can become not the digital transformation specialists, because we have those, we've had those out for a number of years, but the work transformation specialists. They can be equipped to ensure that the onboarding, the e-learning, and even the first point of contact with people um, in terms of hiring it's a really, really good experience. And Vanessa, we have seen some very humorous interruptions in remote work settings over the past seven months. But whether it's the family pet or whether it's the doorbell going, those distractions are a reality in a remote working environment. How do you deal with interruptions at home? Uh, yeah. Oh, you just have to do your best. You know, it's. Yeah, I, I've been on uh, meetings with CEOs or ministers, and like the reality is, that's just. We're all working from home. I think people assume that I'm an expert at remote working, but I'm not an expert remote working with kids. <laughs> that was never in the game plan. And um, But in a way, I, I would recommend don't get stressed. Don't, you know, kids are impossible to keep quiet all of the time or, you know, animals. And bring the co- comedy element in. And we're all human at the end of the day. We're all going through this. Um, and, you know, I think when you can have a laugh about it, then it lowers the bar- barrier with whoever you're talking to. And Vanessa, you recently published a book which you co-wrote entitled Your Company With No Walls. Perhaps you could provide us with an overview of what business owners can take from this. Yeah, well, it was really interesting because I met um, my co-author, Tiana, uh, over a year ago at a virtual event. Uh, it was my first time attending and we just bonded and we formed this mastermind group. So ladies all around the world, we get together once a month and on one of these, she said to me she'd been trying to write a book on she had managed gig workers for 10 years. And I'm the opposite. I've managed remote employees. So we both have very paralleled experiences, um, but we learned from each other. So we said, look, why don't we book, do this book together? And we actually started writing it last summer, so um, over a year ago. And we finished it in February, just as the pandemic hit. Um, and we said, no, we need to rewrite so it's actually mentioning and relevant. But the book is just all about leaders being able to get the tools that we've acquired that took us maybe two, three years to understand, learn and put into our own businesses. And the idea is you read this and hopefully you won't make the mistakes we make and you'll, you'll get the tips that we've learned, not just from ourselves, but, you know, I've been working with Fortune 1000 companies. Tiana's worked with different startups internationally. Um, and it's a guide for leaders. Um, and, and thankfully, it, it's on uh, Amazon in terms of uh, a Kindle, but it, it's been doing really well. And on the topic of gig workers, they are paid per delivery or per project. But do you see this model replacing the hourly rate that many people have been paid for spending time in an office? Well, that type of model has been around for a while. If we look at the platforms such as Fiverr and Upwork, where you know you're bidding your time to do complete a project, um, and you know if you, but the challenge is if you're competing with someone in a region where you know standard of living or the cost of living is a tenth of what it is here, it's very hard to win that business. By 2025, this is before COVID-19 hit, it was estimated like 50% of all workers will actually be gig working or contract or part-time. 
Um, so, like, the reality is we'll probably have multiple careers in our lifespan. Um, and the way to sort of stay ahead is actually start reskilling now and, you know, look at industry. Don't feel like you're locked in one industry for life. That's not the case anymore. And industries are so open. So if you're listening and you've come from hospitality, retail, tourism, you're thinking, oh, I've, I'm no hope. It's a declining industry. Now is the time to upskill. Get yourself on a BODU. Upskill. We're, we're starting to partner with different e-learning providers. And then be discovered for a new industry. Now, finally, Vanessa, at the very least, companies and their employees are facing into remote working arrangements for at least another few months. But what advice do you have for companies that may be considering more longer-term remote working options? I think involve the people. Involve your, your teams and your staff. Don't make assumptions and um, because everybody actually has a lot of value they can offer to your strategic planning. Speak with your customers as well. Understand how do they feel about the current interaction with the platforms you use um, and, and does anything need to improve. Identify where learning and upskilling needs to happen because it does, um, you know, I know sales have probably been hit for many organisations and productivity levels um, in some cases. And sometimes the natural inclination uh, is to the saving, if you are saving on office costs, is to just bank that for the rainy day. But do try and reinvest where you can to make sure your HR people are equipped to support your teams. And if you are a small business and you can afford the time to have a one-to-one with each of your teams, do it. And say it's an off-the-record conversation because they will... You know, your your company right now more than ever is, and the greatest asset is really your people. And it's the same for the council and local governments. It's the people, it's the skills and their talent. That's what's going to reboot the economy. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Vanessa Tierney, the CEO of Abodu. And I'd like to thank Vanessa for sharing her insights into how to effectively manage teams working remotely. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. South-